You ever had expectations that were not quite met? Just curious. Anybody? I mean, hopefully everybody's hands, or at least you're thinking about putting it up. You're like, well, I'm not quite that much awake yet. But, or you have very low expectations and nothing ever surprises you. But truly, in life, there are times when expectations don't quite live up to what we had hoped. Um, this past week, uh, I had a, a pastor's dream come true. Uh, I've been in ministry for 20 years, and I've always hoped for the day where I would be the pastor who was asked in the midst of a, a, a terrible, bleak winter to go and be an officiant on the shore of a beach somewhere warm and, and marry somebody off. And uh, after 20 years of ministry, I got asked. And uh, it was a great day. And uh, to celebrate with the Novak family on a beach in Florida. And so I'll just say this is not spray on tan you see it before you today. Uh, this is the real deal. And uh, it met every expectation I had for a destination wedding. And being on the beach in Florida, while I understand it was sleeting and snowing here, uh, it was not in Florida. And, and every expectation I had was met. Time in the sun, time away, time with my wife. Wonderful. And then it happened on Thursday. We had all of our expectations were lined up of something we held in our hand called a flight confirmation, a notice. And we arrived at the airport with our luggage and uh, went to check in our, our bag, stood in this super long line, even though we got there early, knowing it's spring break, and surprised us. Our expectations were kind of uh, dashed a little bit where we weren't expecting such a long line and especially a long line that wasn't moving. We stood in line for about an hour, thankful we had arrived as early as we did and we got to the ticket agent, handed our, our bag over on the little scale there and gave him our, our boarding pass that we'd already pre-printed out because we expected to just walk on the plane after this and that's when he looked at us and he says, well, there's some issues going on. I said, oh, really? And he says, maybe you are not aware, but uh, there's been some storms and uh, we're facing some cancellations. I think cancellations, well, surely he can't be talking about us. And that's when he looked at our ticket or our, our boarding pass and says, well, here's the thing. You're flying into LaGuardia as a connector to get a flight then to Detroit. And he says, okay, let's get you signed in there and get you all set. And he's like, oh, and his face changed. And there was silence for what seemed like about 20 minutes. And it's the expression on his face, and I'm looking at Shane, and she's looking at me like, this can't be good. And, and, and he says, here's the thing. LaGuardia just shut down. I'm not going to send you there. And, and we smile, and we're like, we appreciate that. And, and with that, he, he says, I'm going to do something kind of unexpected. I'm going to book you on a flight that's uh, scheduled to go out about 10 hours from now. And, and he says, this may not be what you expected, but trust me, I think this will be a good thing. And I look at Shane like, we're on vacation. Okay, we're relaxed. I don't think we would have said the same thing had we been going into vacation as that moment. We were totally relaxed. And we said, okay, fine. We're stuck in the 80 degree heat for another 10 hours. Oh, well. And, and palm trees and everything that we could see out the window. And, and so... 
We got our boarding passes for a flight that was set to leave at 10 o'clock at night. Went down to our gate, but he said, well, here's the thing, you're gonna fly standby on all the flights going to Detroit Direct, uh, going into that, there's three flights. You're on standby, just go to those gates each time and, and see if you can get on those flights. If so, you'll get home earlier. If not, no, you're gonna go home later tonight. Like, okay, fine, sweet. We uh, went to our gate and, and unexpectedly, there were crowds of people lined up there. And as we're counting them up and assessing the room, we're realizing there's more people here than there are planes. And there are people who, they looked a little vexed in spirit, to tell you the truth. Not everyone was happy. Not everyone was smiling and saying, isn't it great to be in Florida? There were a lot of upset people. And they were obviously facing unexpected things. As the first flight came about, and, and it was delayed two hours, and... And there were some unhappy people that added to the masses of people upset. And, and finally, after two and a half hours, they started to load the plane. And, and people got on the plane, and we found out we weren't going to get on it and stand by. There were about 40 people waiting to get on and stand by. And okay, we could wait a little longer. They loaded the plane. And then they announced, we hate to inform you, those passengers that have not yet boarded the plane, this flight has now been canceled. And so they actually unloaded the plane and everybody who was, and you talk about unexpected things and people being even more vexed in spirit, and I'm saying it lightly, it was not a good moment. And then this happened again. And another flight got delayed and, and canceled. And I kept saying to Shane, I am so glad he booked us on that later flight. At least we know we're leaving at 10 o'clock tonight. That's for sure. You know what happened, don't you? <laughs> 10 o'clock came and went. We were delayed, we were delayed, we were delayed until 11.45. They promised us we were gonna fly out and that's when they came over the intercom and announced, ladies and gentlemen, we hate to inform you, but this flight has been, and we're like, oh no. Postponed, delayed. We're like, okay, good. Maybe we're gonna go out at midnight. And then they announced 11 a.m. tomorrow. That's not what we expected, nor did we expect on our last day in Florida, not only to be in Florida, but also to spend it in an airport. But then an unexpected thing happened. They announced, we have vouchers for hotel rooms. Please come up if you've been uh, inconvenienced in any way. We got to spend a night in a hotel all free, sort of, except our time. And, and you know, that was unexpected. And then arrive at the airport and fast forward, our flight, it was delayed again. But we finally got home. And, and you know, you face times like that. And, and we realized there really wasn't a point at getting upset. I mean, after all, what could we do about it? What, what could anyone really do about it? There were people saying, I can't believe you're doing this to us. And you knew all the while. And then there were angry people. And it was interesting. The circumstances didn't change, but they were angry, and, and, and maybe it was because we had just had this nice vacation, we were relaxed about it, we may not have been on a different day. And you've been in that airport, when your expectations don't live up to what you thought. And it, it doesn't just happen in airport gates or on airplanes, a lot of times it happens in homes happens in workplaces, it happens in families, where we have expectations of what life was supposed to be according to what our plan and, 
everything we had hoped for. And then those expectations are changed. Not because we want them to be changed, but rather because we find ourselves in that moment where we say, this isn't what I signed up for. This isn't what I thought this would be. I didn't know I was going to be facing this diagnosis in my health at this point in my life. I didn't know this was going to happen to my spouse. I didn't know that my child was going to do this to me. I didn't know that I'd be struggling financially as I am. And the dashed, dashed hopes and expectations, and, and we turn to God and say, but wait a minute, I, I thought that, that by following you, Jesus, that I was going to get my way and that everything was going to go well. I mean, after all, I, I go to church on, well, at least once in a while, and, and I, I do all these things for you. I give lots of money, Lord, to your, your church and to charity, and I care about people. And Lord, I thought things were going to go well. Aren't you that kind of God that's there to bless me? And, you know, we wave that palm of hope and expectation. And really all the while, a lot of times what's happening is we're reforming God in the image of what we want him to be and what we want him to do. And when he doesn't live up to our expectations or follow through on what we think is right or what matters, we can get very vexed in spirit, to say the least. Maybe you've been in that waiting area before, saying, how long, O oh Lord, how long? I share all that maybe to help us understand a little more what was going on that amazing day as Jesus enters into Jerusalem. The crowds had gathered. Now, we know from, from scholarship that in Jesus' day, Jerusalem would have been a city of around 250,000 people or so. But that day when Jesus arrives, it's, it's Passover week, and, and any idea of a, a city of 250,000 is thrown out the window because this would have been a city swelling to over a million people who had traveled to spend the Passover in that holy city. Jerusalem and, and Jesus and his disciples would have been just surrounded by thousands and thousands who gathered there. And really, in the course of events that were already unfolding in Jerusalem, that moment as Jesus walks into Jerusalem riding on a donkey would have been really overshadowed by the crowds. It was a small little spectacle, maybe noticed by a few people. And yet those that had gathered there that day, and the word that was spreading about this Jesus and what he had done, he had just... As Pastor Steve talked about last week in, in the raising of Lazarus that had happened in the suburbs of Jerusalem, out in Bethany, the word was spreading about this. Some were talking about this in a big way. It wasn't every day you heard about someone being raised from the dead and this man who heals diseases and, and makes blind people see again and people who couldn't walk be able to walk. Word was spreading that could it be? That this one with all these signs and wonders could be the Messiah and the king, the true king, who would truly set us free politically and, and give us our lives back because they were longing for better days. Political unrest and, and the religious freedoms under, under attack and that longing for Messiah to come. You can hear it in their voices as they call out Hosanna, which means save us and those words, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, a common thing to be said during Passover week. But they add to it, blessed is 
the king of Israel. You hear their hopes and expectations right there. They are looking to Jesus as their hope for political freedom and and political uh, change. Jesus would be the one, maybe he's the one that's going to truly change the dynamics of our circumstances and Roman occupation and Roman rule that has taken away so much of what we long for as people of God. And they wave the branches, a sign of national pride on that day. And he rides in on a donkey. Further, and as John's gospel points out, the disciples didn't quite realize what was unfolding in terms of this being a fulfillment of prophecy. Zechariah 9.9 that John quotes here. You know, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt of all things. Old Testament prophecy foretold that in an unexpected way, Messiah would come. But, but they were caught up in it. Like, this has got to be the one who's going to do what, what we want. And yet we find out Jesus came as Messiah to do so much more. Not according to the plan of what we would write up in and, and, and glory and, and come to change the politics of the day, but rather he would come to take their hopes for what they wanted and shape and reform and mold and twist and bend into something that they really needed. What are your expectations today? Maybe it's been a while and maybe quietly under your breath or in your subconscious, you've been walking through life angry at God, upset that he hasn't met what you thought would be your life at this point. The trajectory of your life isn't what you thought it would be. You find yourself in that place. But could it be that exactly in that place our God has you in the moment where you can realize it isn't actually about what we want or what we dream about or what we hope, but rather what he's come to give. The answer for what we need today. As we begin this holy week, following a Savior who would be so willing as King and Lord of all that at the name of Jesus one day every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord. It would be one who would go the way of a cross because it is what we need as selfish, broken, sinful people. We need a King who is willing to die. And that's the kind of King we have. One who exceeds all expectation. And a God who brings love and humble peace and joy in his presence through his grace. We pray. Lord Jesus, as we begin this holy week, may you realign and recalibrate our expectations. Open our eyes to see what we truly need as people. And where we've been harboring a vexed spirit, maybe angry or upset, overwhelmed with our circumstances. May we see you are just the kind of God we need to not only meet our expectation for hope, but exceed it. For you are a God of love, a God of mercy, a God of grace and forgiveness. 
May we in these days, this holy week, Lord, have hearts and minds and souls that are open to see what you are willing to do for us as a God who comes near, as our King, as Lord of Lords and King of Kings. It's in your name we pray it, Jesus. Amen.